Golden arm, it's the IGN DigiGods. Please welcome the men with two brains, Wade Major and Mark Kaiser. Yes, we're back. And the listener supplied openings, they just keep on rolling. Bob, why don't you give us some insight? Kevin Kane. Thank you, Kevin. Mm. The check's in the mail. Well, not really. Not. <laughs> yeah. What are you reading, Mark? Wade, there are so many DVDs coming out, Blu-rays, oh, I know. for the holiday season. Now, here's, here's, here's what you've got to do, Wade. I'm working on it. I'm already, in fact, I should tell the listeners we're already working on compiling the gift guide. There are that many box sets, and I've already gotten some good ones, now, believe I, it or not. I thought, you, I thought you were going to tell the listeners that that noise they hear in the background. Oh, is a train. No. It's air conditioning. It's air conditioning. And you know what? We're not going to turn it off because we don't care. We're those you know, kinds of guys. It is – no. It, it, this is how god-awful hot it is. What, it, it, what is it? 172 degrees outside? Something it, like it's that? Like, it's like living on the sun. It's insane. We have had no summer here in Southern California. No summer. Well, except in the valley. You've had, you've had, a, you've had summer. But there, there's been no summer basically on most of the coast of, of the L.A. area. It's just been a fog bank socked in from May all the way through August and well into September until like two days ago when suddenly it, it's like Dubai here. I don't know what happened. Well, the, the, the wisdom here, if you live in the uh, Southern California area, is that if the summer is not hot, then the fall will be hot. Basically, we cannot escape the heat in some form between well, the, summer and October fall. is almost always the hottest month of the year. It is? Which, yeah. I, always. I did not know that. Oh, think about it. October? October? October is a scaldingly disgusting month. How have you lived here most of your life and not know that? October? Is there, it, it, it is 100 degrees in October. It's insane in October. That's when all the brush fires come. Well, that well, it's hot to you because there's brush fires. The, the fire is making it hot. Yeah, no, but I mean, it's, it's like that's why there are brush fires. It's because the Santa Anas just get whipped up in October. The Santa Anas definitely. You yeah, know what? When, when the Santa Ana wind blows, it, it, it does blow the hot air it's around. disgusting. But anyway, anyway, here's what we're saying. What are we saying? We're saying that on November 2nd, if you don't buy all three Toy Story films on Blu-ray, you're crazy. Because Disney will be uh, releasing Ultimate Toy Story 3 movie collection with all three nice. Toy Story films on Blu-ray DVD. That yes. is a must-buy the end. It's a saga. Like, it's, like the Godfather films. It's, I, I, the Toy Story films are better. Um, Rocky Horror Picture Show on October 19th. Mm-hmm. Kind of fun, right? 35th yeah. anniversary? Yeah. That's kind of cool. Back, and to, the fu- back to the Future. Ba- we ba- back to the Future uh, on um, October 26th. The trilogy on uh, Blu-ray. Got all of that. Uh, what else do we have? Karate Kids coming out October 5th. 30 Days of Night coming out uh, also. Same date. Yeah. yeah, we'll be talking about that momentarily. Oh, we will? Yeah, we already got that. Interesting. Look at yeah. you all getting it and stuff and junk. Yeah, with uh, with Danny Houston. Uh, He's so good. Uh, October 5th, The Exorcist, extended director's cut and original theatrical cut. Oh, also, here's the big one, folks, and we talked about this before. November 16th, you've got to get uh, Kino's Complete Metropolis. Oh, so good. That's the digital restoration of the uh, 1927. And I just want to, I want to share this with everybody. I, Mark has a water bottle in front of him because we're hydrating because it's hot. And he has a water bottle, and on it, it, it has a name label that says, Hello, my name is, and Mark wrote down, Rudiger. This was for a blip.tv party. Yeah, well, you know, if... You, if, went, you, you actually wore a, a Rudiger name tag. Well, I'm so he, proud of you. Well, uh, yeah, yes. And thank you for bringing this up, Wade, because it's so funny. <laughs> but now that you brought it up, I guess I have to explain it. Um, for Stupid for Movies, the best movie review show you're not watching, uh, Blip TV. They actually uh, uh, air the show, post the show. So I get invited to these Blip TV parties along with uh, producer Mike. And actually, Wade gets invited to them too, but he never goes. So uh, because I'm not a networker. Neither am I. I I can't sit there and go, hey, I got a show. Check it out. I didn't want people to know my name was Mark. Not that they would recognize me from the show. but So I decided uh, based on last week's uh, show or a couple weeks ago where I said my name was Rudiger Cheese Baron. Yeah. I decided to make my name Rudiger. That's awesome. Did anyone comment? Rudiger? Said, That's an interesting name. No, but producer Mike, although he didn't say anything, I can tell he was angry. <laughs> well, because I'm not networking. I'm not, hello, my name is Mark, host of Stupid for Movies. It just says, hello, my name is Rudiger. Do you think, do you think Leonard Malton does that? No. Yes, I do. No, he doesn't. 
Well, uh, we got a little, we got some emails, which we're going to uh, read right now at the top of the show. Uh, you can email us, as always, at gods at digigods.com, or just join into the forums over at the uh, Facebook pages, or even on uh, stupidformovies.com, which is the show that we have on every Thursday night, 8 o'clock live, uh, Pacific time, at stupidformovies.com. Stupid for movies! That's it. But uh, anyway, we had an email from... Um, Tim Teets, who has been listening for quite some time, and he says, just giving you an idea for a special end-of-the-year show, I call it the Digis. He recommends that we should have a special episode where we have various categories, and uh, these would be our, our Digis. Uh, I think it's, Mark, do you like the idea? Should we give out, like, awards? I do not, like the not, idea. Not that it's going to mean anything to anybody. But. I, you know, I, I do like the idea. People, yeah. people look to us for their uh, Blu-ray and DVD uh, purchasing choices. I like that, Tim. We, we give you uh, – we're going to talk about that. Thank you for making that recommendation. And Never. I can tell you right now what the number one film of the year will be for me, The Human Centipede on Blu-ray. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, uh, they just greenlit The Human Centipede 2. That is true. Which will be anatomically incorrect. <laughs> Why would they do that? I don't like, know. really, why? You know Do what? we need, we need a know. sequel to that? I just don't get uh, it. We also got a uh, Joe Nicella, senior finance officer, writes to us and says, uh, Wait and Mark, great podcast as ever. Wanted to comment on your questioning of the Pirates of Penzance movie. You're absolutely correct. This was one of the first movies that premiered on pay TV and in theaters on the same date. It showed in Los Angeles on On TV. On TV. That was it. Select and On. Yeah, see, we were thinking Select TV. I'd forgotten about On. He's right. Yeah. See, Joe, you're all over it. We love it. I remember it well because my my family friends had On TV because they were big Lakers fans, and that was the only way to see home games. And I remember seeing, because Prime Ticket followed after that. You remember that? And uh, I remember seeing the commercials for the movie running on On TV during the games. Goes on to say, and he says, by the way, don't knock 3D TV. I was in the market recently for a new TV and decided to plunk down the extra few hundred dollars for a Sony 3D TV. What made it really attractive was the fact that stores are throwing in all of those bonuses when you have a 3D set. I ended up getting close to $1,200 worth of bonus items, glasses, Blu-ray player, etc., when I bought the set. The only thing that I don't like is the exclusivity of certain 3D Blu-rays to particular manufacturers. Personally, I think that hurts the early adopters of the format. It's actually very, very true. I didn't even realize that, but it's, it, is, it is a fact. Uh, but yeah, they should shorten the exclusive period and make those 3D Blu-rays available to everyone. Yeah, you know what? Look, it's not going to go away, but I don't think it's going to be the big hit that everybody thinks it is. Just don't. I agree. There's just not enough, uh, not enough output, not enough product. And uh, my name's Dante. This is from uh, Dante. And uh, he says, I'm writing in maybe to submit a question of the week on your podcast. Simply put, what is a movie you love to hate and inversely a movie you hate to love? My love to hate is all those dumb, not another blank movies. Uh, my hate to love is probably a movie like Dan in real life. It's just a movie I shouldn't like, but I do. That would be a great question. Mark, love to hate and hate to love. Man, you put me on the spot. Yeah, I know. You didn't tell me think, you were going to answer this. I know. Because, you know, well, I'm, I'll think about it for a second, and I'll move on with this next question, and, uh, or next email, and then uh, I'll come back to you on that one. Think about it. Uh, then also one from Kevin Lower, who said uh, he wanted to turn us into a thing here for, at Cineplex.com, where uh, Cineplex Entertainment is showing classic movies as a film series for one year, movies like Casablanca will be shown twice a month, once on a Wednesday evening and once on a Sunday afternoon. Um, and uh, this is apparently only in Canada, but uh, it's an interesting thing to talk about because uh, this is going on, and this is why I wanted to read it too, this is actually going on a lot now at a lot of theater chains. In Westwood they're doing this, here in Southern California. They're doing classic movies projected free up off of the uh, the eating area in Century City. I noticed that. Have you noticed they're, that? They're not, they're not always classics, but sometimes they are. Yeah, but It's like Joe versus the Volcano, and then it'll be Casablanca. You know what's interesting about that? That this, this to me is, an, because movies in the park are bigger than they ever were, these are all exhibition alternatives now. Theaters are not bringing people in with new movies enough, they're bring, they, they, but they can bring them in with classic movies. Well, but they're not charging for them. If, if they were to charge $14, like, like at the Arclight, yeah, nobody it's, would it's, see it. it. It's all about getting people to come, and then maybe they'll pay for another movie. So you're using a free classic to lure them to possibly pay for like a bad new movie? I mean, what it, t- it says to me is new movies just suck. People just don't want to go out to the movies. So they're trying to find a way to bring them out to the movie theater. I got an idea. Make better movies, charge less. 
Oh, you always say that. Yeah. Simple, well, simple equation. Well, these uh, these movies in the park, like uh, in here in Los Angeles, you can go to the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, yeah. and they project classic films on the mausoleum wall. And you go to the supermarket, you pack a picnic, and everyone comes and lays out blankets. It's like those sorts of screenings are become the communal experiences that regular theater film going used to be. You know, when I go to the cemetery and watch these movies, or when I see the movies in Century City, yeah, everyone's getting into it. They love it. They're passing around, you know, glasses of wine and having food. All right, movie you hate to love. You got one? I got one. What's yours? Uh, Shakes the Clown. <laughs> I, I, I know, I know it's, the, it's a horrible movie. There's no reason to like it. It's just vile, but for some reason I actually do enjoy it. I'm going to say Grease 2. Yeah, there you go. That's a good one. Movie you hate to love. And a movie you love to hate. Movie I love to hate? Yeah. Probably Shakes the Clown. <laughs> <laughs> I do hate that movie. I would say Showgirls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can't beat Showgirls. Yeah. Anyway. And, well, there, you know, there, there's that new uh, uh, movie starring Cher and Christina Aguilera called Burlesque. Oh, my gosh. Now, have you seen the trailer for that? I did. After you told me about it, I, I went and uh, looked at the trailer. That, that truly, that looks... That is the gayest film ever made. It, that it, is the Gone with the Gay Wind. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. And that is really, that is... Wow. It, is, it is really that it takes, is showgirls on steroids. That takes the the Liza performance from Sex and the City two and just turns it up to eleven. It really does. It just looks terrible. All right. Well, there's no man. There's no straight man in the universe who will see that. Oh wait, hang on. Yes. Now's the time of the. Oh, it's not the time of the now show when Wade talks about things no one cares about. No, no. I'm talking about something. Well, I'm talking about something no one cares about, but we care about it. Yeah. Because this week, we've got some new uh, releases to talk about from Vanguard. But top of the show, we are talking about a Vanguard movie called Carcasses. And the reason that we're going to do our top of the show plug for the movie Carcasses by uh, French-Canadian director Denis Coté, who basically, whose new film, Incendie, just sold extremely well at uh, uh, the Toronto Film Festival, is because we did the commentary. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Our very first audio commentary. says in the back, audio commentary by the Digigods. We are very proud of this. It says more than that. Read the whole yes, thing. Yes, it does. Los Angeles Film Critics Association's Wade Major and Mark Kaiser, hosts of the Digigods DVD podcast and Web TV's Stupid for Movies. Very now, proud we of should actually uh, we should uh, bring a copy of this to the next Stupid for Movies we show. We will indeed. We will indeed. Absolutely. So Thursday, 8 p.m. Pacific time, That's it. we will uh, hold up a copy of this. Stupidformovies.com. <laughs> How exciting is uh, that? So let's go ahead and just give people a sneak peek of why our commentary is so important. What makes this movie important, Mark? You know, uh, I like this movie, actually. It's it a, is. It's uh, cool. You know what? It's, a, it's an interesting uh, – uh, it's a combination of documentary and fiction storytelling that is unique, and uh, I think it kind of worked. Cote did something really interesting here. He, he went off and he made what appears to be a documentary about a guy, an eccentric, who lives out in the boonies somewhere in Canada who collects old cars and old parts and rickety junk. And he appears to be basically a hoarder. But you realize very quickly that this guy is not. People come to him for, for spare parts and things, and he actually trades and makes a living off of this. And uh, the film is shot as if it's a documentary, but then you realize it's a little bit staged because the photography is extraordinary. Some of the compositions are, are really, really planned and quite beautifully done. And then it kind of dips into a, into a very strange little narrative thread, which we won't give away, but it's where the movie sort of shifts gears. Yet it's all still of a piece, and uh, I, I thought it was a really fascinating, quirky little uh, existential kind of marvel. It's it's definitely a, a bit of an experiment, yeah. You know, and that's why the film the film's like you know seventy five minutes long or eighty minutes long, and that's really how long it should be because it's an experiment. It's really two films in one. One yep. is the one is when he's selling you, he's trying to sell you the documentary aspect of it with this uh, French Canadian guy who who collects junk cars. And then the second half, when he introduces these four Down Syndrome kids who come onto his land, that's when he really gives up the game that this really is pretty staged. But yes. he knows that, and he knows we know that, so it's not like a secret. But uh, it's an interesting blending of the two. And uh, when we talked to uh, Vanguard yep. about the first film we would do, we took a look at this, and we said, you know what? I like this one. This is an interesting movie. So we didn't just do the audio commentary because they paid us uh, $5,000 to do it. Oh, wait, they didn't pay us $5,000. No, no, they didn't. They paid us nothing. Yeah. Uh, absolutely nothing. I did not make one penny on this. Yep. Uh, but we, we said yes we because... Got, we got three copies of the movie. I got two copies of the yeah, movie. Yeah, I did too. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
we decided this is a good movie. We actually want to do this movie. Yep. Not because we want to get our name on a DVD box, but because we think this is a cool film. So, Carcasses from Vanguard, check it out. By the, totally. way, we, by the way, just letting you know, this could be a letdown. We are not hilarious in the audio commentary. No, we're not. We're we, very serious, actually. Quite yes, serious. Because we feel like it would be dis- disrespectful to the director to be frivolous. So, a uh, very interesting movie here called Brothel, which is also out from Vanguard, which is it, it really uh, it's, it, fascinating, really highly stylized, intriguing film that I think would have been really good in theaters. Again, another one of these really interesting movies that should have been uh, released in the theaters but was not. Uh, about a woman who, it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's sort of a ghost story, sort of a psychological movie about loss, but... It's actually really kind of a cool movie about a woman who uh, who just is driven after the uh, the loss of a loved one into a fascinating and very unusual trajectory, and um, it's uh, it, it's it's a little bit Ken Russell-y, but in a good way. You're looking at me weird, like uh, like those things shouldn't go together. Well, Ken Russell, you're, you're probably right because at this point, anything Ken Russell is not Ken Russell in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. And then courtesy of the good people in England and uh, Ireland, we like those Irish people. They always get fun government funding for their their little quirky Irish uh, indulgences. Uh, This is a movie from uh, uh, Christine Malloy and Joe Lawler, who wrote, directed, and produced the film. It is called Helen. And... um, I I don't it, this is a really this was quite successful on the um on the festival route it's it got you know all kinds of awards at a whole f- host of festivals back in 2008 but also never wound up getting into theaters but it has a very very good performance from this newcomer named Annie Townsend in it and uh it's about um this really interesting situation where a girl has gone missing and another girl is asked to sort of step in and be the surrogate in this kind of recreation of how she possibly went missing, and uh, it, it's it's got some. It, it, I want to compare it a little bit to Persona, which is not not by any means a realistic comparison, but it made me think of Persona a lot. Just the whole idea of doubling and doppelgangers and all that kind of pretentious stuff. But actually, it's uh, it's interesting. It's a good character study, and this girl's uh, she's a good new uh, good young actor. And uh, then we got a thing called Dark Woods. This is also from Vanguard. Uh, pretty pretty straight up, very effective psychological thriller um, that takes place in a remote cabin. But it's I would compare this in some sense. This is like the film that I think uh, von Trier's Antichrist should have been, if it had not been such a sadistic, psychotic disaster. <laughs> You know, I'm, uh, just, I'm just not on board with Von Trier. Yeah, he's, he, he's gone over the deep end. Tipping anyway. point. Yeah, but anyway, this is a, it's a really interesting film. Some good performances. Uh, very, very well directed by Michael Escobedo, though he also edited it. And I think that's maybe the weakness in the film is he just he he's he should not have edited his own movie. It could be a little tighter. But that being said, it's kind of a minor complaint. Uh, it has a director's commentary and an actor's commentary on it. Very, very good. So. All this good stuff from uh, Vanguard. They continue to do really excellent independent films to find the little gems that slip between the cracks, and uh, we are thrilled that they're releasing carcasses with our commentary. That's right, because we're cool. We say smart things. We also got a giveaway this week, Mark. What? We got two giveaways. A giveaway? Yeah, we do. Do tell. We got a giveaway. We're giving away three copies of The Best of Soul Train. I want a copy of The Best of Soul Train. Do you really? No, not really. Okay. And then see, let me, give me one of them. Let me see what it has on there it. There you go. I mean, don't there give you me know. one. Let me just see what it, let me Hold, let me hold one. Yeah, hold it. It's the best of Soul Train. Sold 50 classic performances. Oh, yeah. Superfly, Three Times a Lady. Uh-huh. Rocksteady. Yeah. Heard of the Grapevine. You know what I love about Soul Train? Awesome. You know what I love about Soul I Train? I want you back. What? Everything. <laughs> Can't get enough of your Don Cornelius's clothes in the 1970s, beyond compare. Awesome. And then he kind of, you know, trimmed his hair and started wearing cool suits in the, in the 80s. But, man, back in the 70s, that dude, he knew how to just, like, move and rock it. It was awesome. So, anyway, yeah, this is the best of Soul Train. Uh, it comes from Time of Life, and uh, it's an awful lot of fun. Just you, Don Cornelius alone could just stand there in outfits, and it would be great. Uh, 50 performances on three DVDs, including the Jackson 5, Marvin Gaye, the OJs. Lots of others. Sly and the Family Stone. Terrific. Stevie Wonder. you got to love it. Commodores. Oh, yes. And we got three of these to give away. 
And we also have, from Time Life as well, the 25th Anniversary Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Concerts. Now, they sent both of these to us to review. Um, Soul Train is only on DVD. And Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Concerts is on DVD and Blu-ray. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, I recommend this on Blu-ray over the DVD because even though it's, it's vintage material, it just looks better on Blu-ray. And the sound, it just sounds better. So... If wait, you re- wait, wait. Yes, sir. Are we giving away three soul trains or one soul train and three, two? Three soul trains yes. and three of the uh, be, uh, the um, uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame concerts. On Blu-ray or DVD? DVD. Okay. So I'm recommending the Blu-ray even though they gave us DVDs to give away. Got it. See? So, so basically you're keeping the Blu-ray for yourself and giving away the DVDs. I'm giving you the Blu-ray. No, you're not. If you want it. Let me see it. There you go. See? Now you're interested. Uh, on this one, you get uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Stevie Wonder, Paul Simon, wow. Jeff Beck, Metallica. Oh. A lot of good stuff here. Look look at all this. Crosby, Stills, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Stevie Wonder, Bonnie Raitt, Jackson Brown. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen. This was Now, this was from October 29th, 30th uh, of 2009 Billy when Joel. at Madison Square Garden they just had the most amazing 25th anniversary Rock and Roll Hall of Fame concert and... Uh, it was an HBO special, and uh, it was just a, a legendary evening. And you get a 12-issue Rolling Stone subscription included with this, which means that Rolling Stone is probably on its last night as a publication. I don't know. At least it seems so. But anyway, we've got, uh, we've got three of the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame concerts to give away and three of the Soul Trains to give away. And what we're going to do, basically, we are, we're gonna, here's what we're going to do. We're going to randomize this. It's not going to be the uh, – this was recommended by some listeners. We're not going to do the first or the second or the third. We're just going to randomly pick whoever it is. As long as your emails arrive um, any time dated on Wednesday, as long as there's like your, your email is time stamped. Wednesday what? Give us the date. Uh, Wednesday, what date is it? <laughs> Hold on. I'm working here. Uh, the 29th. 29th. So, so the email yeah. has to arrive in our inbox at gods at digigods.com. With it, with it, with it stamped on the 29th. So anytime yeah, on but, the 29th. But what if it's, what if somebody's like, I get a different time zone? That's okay. 29th. As long as, long as it's a time stamped on the 29th. Okay. Or do you want to make it the 29th and the 30th? Well, what I'm saying is that let, what, what if somebody in London yeah. sends us an, e- uh, an email yeah. that's the 29th where they are, but the 30th where we are? Oh, now you're confusing me. Oh, wait. It wouldn't be that way. It would be the other way around. Yeah. Because they're ahead of us. All right. Here's how it goes. <laughs> Pacific time, <laughs> California, you're making them United figure it out States now. of America, make sure that we get it sometime between 12.01 a.m. Wednesday. And, you know... 11.59 p.m. Wednesday? Yeah, let's make it Wednesday and Thursday. Now we're really confusing people. <laughs> we got, this is a finely tuned machine, by it's the way. A, we're exhausted and we're hot and sweaty and disgusting. My air conditioning is fantastic, Wade. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, the 29th and the 30th. Just make sure that we get it, you know, uh, anytime after the uh, 12.01 on Wednesday and anytime before the... Uh, Between the, 11.59 the, the last, on the Thursday. La- yes, the last stroke of uh, September. And we're good. So anytime, anytime during that forty-eight hour window, it should and say then, Soul Train. Hang on, it should say Soul Train in the that's right. subject line. But also, don't forget in you the gotta email, pick one. you got to pick one. You got to pick one, and you got to give us your address. Yes, and send us your your name and your address. Pick one. Put either Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or Soul Train in the subject, and uh, we, you know if if you try to get both, not going to happen. Then you're you're disqualified completely. So. You have to pick one. If we get double requests, we're going we're gonna to disqualify you. So pick one. Put either Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or Soul Train and uh, get it to us Wednesday or Thursday between 12.01 Wednesday and uh, 11.59 Thursday, and we're, we're good to go. <laughs> you know what? I didn't understand, and it's my show. So I really I, – you know what? I, I wish you all the best of luck. Yeah. Figuring out there Wade's uh, system. Okay, and then, uh, boy, this show is just moving like a like sludge, isn't it? We have so much to talk about. Why are you talking about that crap? This is Fangoria. A lot of our fans love this stuff. This is the Fangoria Fright Fest. Uh, I'm going to make mention of this real quickly. This is kind of like the, uh, you know, we have a lot of these horror uh, series of films, these low-budget horror films that get released. And uh, this is the latest one. This is from uh, Phase 4, which used to be part of um, uh, another company called uh, Peace Arch. 
And uh, it's the Fangoria Fright Fest. It includes the following films. with Callista Flockhart in Fragile, a ghost story. Uh, a movie called The Tomb with Wes Bentley and Eric Roberts, of all people. You love Eric Roberts. He's you know, Eric Roberts had a, had a brief resurgence when he was in the Batman, yeah. the second Batman film. Yeah. Like, wow, it's Eric Roberts. He's back in the game. Not He's right. not. Uh, the Haunting, not to be confused with the, uh, the Robert Wise film, which is actually a really good film. Uh, Dark House, which is actually not bad. Um, nobody in this that I actually thought was uh, worth noting, but it actually had kind of a... Kind of a cool vibe, cool low-budget horror vibe. Hunger, not to be confused with the Steve McQueen film, or the Tony Scott film, or the Tony Scott film, The Hunger. The Hunger. Yeah, this is uh, this is a little bit more of a, kind of an Eli Roth deal, but uh, it's all right. And a movie called Roadkill, which I actually never got to, and then one called Grim Love, which I also didn't get to, and then one called Pig Hunt, which uh, is truly, absolutely, outrageously hysterical. Um, Pig Hunt, come on, Mark, give it up for the boar. Pig Hunt looks one of those, looks like one of those, like th- those sci-fi, you know, super snake movies, super yeah. anaconda films. Yeah, this is actually directed by uh, Jim Isaac, who did Jason X. You remember Jason X? Oh yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Anyway, this is actually pretty great. They're they're looking for this. Uh, these guys are like on a hunting weekend, looking for a legendary, mythical wild boar that eats people. How awesome is that? Pig Hunt, come oh, on. So it's a documentary. Exactly. There you go. Anyway, this is a fun series. If you like horror films, if you like low-budget horror films or just, you know, cool series of horror films, this is a good one. It's like from like the Films to Die For series, except not quite as good. So says Wade. So says I. All right, let's get into new films. Uh, Mark, we got the Blu-ray here of uh, Get Him to the Greek. We sure do. Blu-ray and digital copy. Sure do. How do we feel about this film? Yeah, I was 100% on board with this film. You know, um, uh, Russell Brand, I'm not quite there yet. And uh, Jonah Hill... It's like a semi-sequel to uh, Sarah Marshall. That's right. Yeah. And in the uh, movie, uh, Jonah, uh, uh, Russell Brand plays the same um, you know, obnoxious uh, rock star who needs to be taken from London to the Greek theater for a big 10th anniversary show for um, uh, Russell Brand's like, big breakthrough album. And what I didn't like about the film is that, it. first of all, I did not believe the central uh, relationship. I didn't know what exact... I didn't believe that uh, Jonah Hill had a girlfriend whose uh, relationship he has to save because, you know, and Russell Brown would help help Jonah Hill realize why his relationship is fantastic and he shouldn't lose it. And Russell Brand is um, doesn't have much depth to him as an actor, or at least this it's is, not in this film. This is just one of those movies where we have tons of these buddy movies where two people meet and they hate each other, but they eventually learn to appreciate each other and it becomes you know one learns that like the crazy guy learns to be more mellow and the mellow guy learns to come out of his shell and they, they live better lives after that as a result of having met and it's just you, know, you know it's the same too? formula over and over and over and, and also you know nowadays movies like this have to have you know the gross out humor because otherwise you <sighs> know you, I mean you know there's a scene where Jonah Hill has to put like a, a balloon full of heroin up his butt yeah. and you're like really that's the, that's the best you could do I mean haven't we seen enough of that already a lot of exclusive stuff on the blu-ray uh which is probably worth it if you're you're into this. There are the actual there are the auditions for a lot of the cast members, including Rose Byrne and uh, T.J. Miller. By the way, uh, P. Diddy's really good in the movie. Very funny. P. Diddy ma- was he, good in. Um, he made it for me. P. Diddy was good in, uh, in I'm Still Here. Yeah, he's very good in that too. Uh, anyway, you got a little uh, 15 song karaoke deal, some musical performances from the Today Show and VH1, tons of other material. BD Live, which we hate. Pocket Blue, all this junk that's just useless. Um, and uh, then there's a weird thing on here, which is instant access streaming for a bonus movie where you can choose Uncle Buck, Dazed and Confused, or Life. That's kind of weird, dude. Well, they're trying to uh, make it seem like a two-for-one deal. Justify the cost. Gee, get him to the Greek. If I get it, I can stream Uncle Buck. Well, that's John Candy. Right, but Uncle or Buck, Life, Dazed- which is Eddie Murphy. And Dazed and Confused. Which what, is what do these movies have, a, have to do with anything? Like three randomly chosen movies. Well, they see. Well, they're a little randomly chosen. It's not like if you get. If, it's not like if uh, you buy Game to the Greek, we'll send you the Seventh Seal. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I guess. Well, anyway, if you get the DVD as opposed to the Blu-ray, uh, the DVD and the Blu-ray have certain things in common: the uh, gag reel and a uh, bunch of documentaries that are all just stuff ripped off of the EPK. Uh, you know. Well, there you go. Make up your own mind. 
couple of awesome films from Criterion. Awesome, and when I say awesome, I mean awesome. Now, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. Not everybody's cup of tea. Directed by Nagisa Oshima, who's one of the great Japanese new wave directors of all time. Uh, this film came out in 1983, which was the year of E.T. and Gandhi, and uh, that didn't get a whole lot of traction. But you remember when this came out? Did you see it? Oh, yeah, and a great score, by the it's way. It's a too. terrific score. Yeah, it is. Uh, by uh, Ryuki Sakamoto, Sakamoto, who later won the uh, Academy Award f- with David Byrne for uh, Last Emperor in 1987. Very true. And Ryuki Sakamoto used to be uh, uh, like a pop guy. It was like like, like, yell- like soda. Like uh, no YMO. He was one of the guys in YMO. Didn't you ever listen to YMO? What no. Kind of, what is what YMO? Kind of, where, where were you in the 80s? Is, y- is, is that Bachman Turner Overdrive? Is that YMO? Or oh it's my BTO? God. No. YMO Yellow Magic Orchestra. Yellow Magic Orchestra. You yeah, made that up. I didn't. YMO. Look it up. Ryuji Sakamoto. I don't know what that is. Yep. Yellow Magic Orchestra. YMO. Uh, anyway, no, this has to, uh, Takeshi Kitano. This was his first uh, film appearance as an actor. Did not know that, did you? I, I did not know that. You did not know that. Johnny, the ghost That's of right. Johnny Carson. I anyway, know that. fabulous, fabulous Blu-ray transfer. Brilliant. Has an awesome little featurette on here from 1983 called The Oshima Gang. And um, new interviews with all kinds of people who were involved, including Jeremy Thomas, the producer, who would go on, of course, to produce The Last Emperor as well. And uh, Paul Mayersberg, who is the um, screenwriter. And Sakamoto is also interviewed, although he's kind of creepy. I like him. He's smart, but he's, he kind of leaves me a little bit cold. Anyway, uh, really, really good. And then here, this is the Holy Grail this week. Thin Red Line, Blu-ray. This is one of the best releases of the year. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Just absolutely. I got this. I immediately put it on. I went right to chapter 16, and I cried for like 10 minutes. I did. I'm not kidding you. Give, give, give me that. Chapter 16. Yes. Cried, cried for 16, like 10 minutes, chapter it, 16. Because you're a baby. It is unbelievable. This, this, trans, this, this is the transfer of the year, period. It, it is. This is my DVD of the year. Blu-ray, DVD, whatever. Any any digital product. This no, is it. No, Blu-ray. If you don't get this on Blu-ray, you are uh, you're making a mistake. It is majestic. Now look, uh, Terrence Malick, you don't see him anywhere on here. There are no featurettes, no, no I mean there's interview stuff, but uh, you know, interviews with everybody except for Terrence Malick. Uh, you don't see him in any behind the scenes stuff. There is an audio commentary, but it features uh, John Toll, the cinematographer, production designer Jack Fisk, you know, who's married to Sissy Spacek. And producer Grant Hill, but uh, and that's as that's as good as you're going to get. The mystique of Malik continues. But he's whatever. making movies, though. You know, he's really picking up the pace, Malik. And, and but he's he's continuing to do like he's making up for lost time, but he's making interesting stuff. Tree of Life, I cannot wait to see. I can't wait to see it. I know. I mean, it just sounds so amazing. It seems it seems like him and P.T. Anderson. I mean, imagine if they collaborated on a film. If P.T. Anderson and Terrence Malik collaborated on a film, I don't think you'd understand any of it. It would be so obtuse. Yet, it would be the most beautiful film ever made. I'm going to roll through some classic films here real quickly while Mark uh, preps us for some uh, television. We got some uh, vintage stuff from the Paramount Library through Olive Films. I'm just going to blow through real quickly. Harlow with Carol Baker. This is a biopic of Gene Harlow, and uh, it's okay. It's not, not brilliant. This is from 1965, and, you know, it, it's, it's like sort of... It's a little melodramatic, but it's okay. Um... We have Where Love Has Gone, directed by Eddie Dimitrick, based on a Harold Robbins cheeseball novel. This is uh, this stars a actually a very compelling Susan Hayward and uh, kind of an increasingly cranky Betty Davis. And uh, the one reason that this film probably hasn't gotten a lot of attention is uh, because Eddie Dimitrick, you know, was one of the guys who informed on his friends in the blacklisting era. And even though he taught at USC, he himself was sort of never forgiven by a lot of people for that. So I think uh, I think Paramount is maybe running away from some of Eddie Dimitrick's lesser-known films. They'll release the the big stuff, you know, the Young Lions and stuff like that. But they're not going to uh, the lesser stuff. I don't think they necessarily want to touch. They want to be a little bit uh, more. More withdrawn about it. But you know who else is in this? Joey Heatherton. Joey Heatherton, the former uh, go-to punchline for... Uh, <laughs> for John- actually, for Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson, exactly. I just think that's funny. Because Joey Heatherton, I, I think I've maybe seen three Joey Heatherton movies in my entire life. and Well, there you go. And then another one, uh, Jack, Jackie Suzanne's Once Is Not Enough. Cue the cheesy music. Uh, Kirk Douglas and David Jansen and George Hamilton and Brenda Vaccaro and Deborah Raffin are in this incredibly weird movie. 
that was originally released in 1975, kind of one of those early to mid-70s movies that really maybe belonged about a decade earlier. Everybody's a little bit wrong for their parts, but what do you expect? It's based on a Jackie Suzanne novel. And Jackie Suzanne has just wrote horrible, dreadful stuff. She wrote Valley of the Dolls, and uh, this is one of her lesser works, which is to say, gah! Uh, but George Hamilton, tan as always, and uh, you know it's it's cheesy, it's soap opera stuff. But what what do you want? Danny Kaye in Knock on Wood with My Zetterling, absolutely hilarious. I don't know why this hasn't been out before. I love Danny Kaye. Uh, others may think that it's cheesy, but you know what? I don't care. Danny Kaye rules in this movie. This is hysterical, beautiful Technicolor uh, photography. Uh, written and directed by Norman Panama and Melvin Frank. Fabulous. 1953, Get Some. <laughs> Danny Kaye, Get Some. And in similar vein, My Favorite Spy with Bob Hope and Hedy Lamar. Headley. That's Headley. We've got Joey Heatherton and Hedy Lamar. It's like a weird punchline name thing. No, this is one of my favorite Bob Hope movies. I am so thrilled that this is finally out. This is from 1951. Uh, it's it's basically one of those doppelganger movies where Bob Hope is uh, he plays kind of a he plays a well he plays a dual role where he's both the spy and the uh, the dupe that everyone confuses with the spy because they look just alike. Don't worry about the plot. It is hysterical. All the you know all the sets, all the Moroccan. Uh, Backdrops. It's all shot on the soundstage somewhere, and it doesn't matter. It is hysterical. It's wonderful. Hedy Lamar and Bob Hope in uh, Norman Z. McLeod's My Favorite Spy. Fabulous. That's Hedley. Uh, King Kong on Blu-ray in the uh, standard Warner Brothers Blu-ray book. Uh, not a huge improvement, i got to say, over the special edition DVD, but, it, it, you know, it... Because King Kong, it's like you know, 1930s black and black and white. Right? Yeah, it's it's it looks it looks fabulous on the on the regular DVD, and it looks uh, maybe a tad better on the on the DVD on the Blu-ray. But it comes with the book with all the full color stuff and the whole usual deal. So maybe save your money, get this for somebody at Christmas time. All the uh, the extras are the same. Commentary with Ray Harryhausen and a bunch of the other effects crew and. Uh, the amazing seven-part documentary, RKO Production 601, The Making of, of King Kong, uh, The Eighth Wonder of the World. So, uh, you know, get some of that, too. And uh, the actuality dramas of Alan King is an Eclipse series uh, of movies from... Uh, this is Eclipse Series 24. Gosh, they're already up to 24. This is the uh, line from Criterion of, of junk that they package that... Well, I shouldn't say junk. It's movies that they package that don't have extras and that wouldn't necessarily be marketable individually, but they put them together in themed packages, and they're pretty good. Uh, Alan King was a Canadian director that I had never heard of before, but he made kind of uh, some interesting movies in the 60s and 70s that are all sort of... Uh, Cinema very Tay like he sort of I guess you I guess you could say he was sort of like the um, the Canadian uh, Cassavetes yeah that's what it would be like a Canadian Cassavetes anyway um, very interesting movies Warrendale a married couple come on children dying at grace uh, but anyway it, it's you know the, the, he's He's kind of a he's both a documentarian and a narrative filmmaker, and uh, check it out. It's worth looking. I'd say rent it maybe, but uh, you know at first. But anyway, the last film on here, Memory for Max, Claire, Ida, and Company, is from uh, 2005, and then Dying at Grace is 2003. But it's the first three films, especially Warrendale from 67, that uh, I, I and then you know Married Couple from 69, and Come On Children from 72. Those are the interesting ones. The last two feel a little bit, um, I don't know, whatever. A little bit whatever. A little bit whatever. I'm, I'm trying to move here because I, I, we got to get to TV. And then a couple more from the Warner Archive collection. Uh, these are just cheesy movies that you have got to check out. This is hysterical. I'm thrilled that they're going with this. Atlantis, The Lost Continent, the George Powell production. Uh, this is a, an absolute hoot. This is one of the most horrendous movies you will ever see. Uh, Atlantis, The Lost Continent. Basically, it's 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 one, it's just an incredibly cheesy movie where people who live in Atlantis they like turn. It's like Island of Doctor Moreau. They turn into beasts. Don't ask me how or why. It just makes no sense whatsoever. But it's one of the most wonderful cheeseball movies ever. And apparently, it was based on a play by Sir Gerald Hargraves, a guy who was knighted, wrote a play that was turned into this cheesy movie. I don't know. Go figure. And then uh, George Hamilton again and Suzanne Plachette in another brilliant George Powell cheeseball production, The Power. 
This was uh, this was all uh, d- during the ESP craze. Remember the ESP craze when everybody thought that you could like bend spoons with your mind. That oh, was sure. like the this early seventies. Yeah. Suddenly in the seventies they discovered ESP and who who knew? Everybody had it. People are bending spoons. Uh, Byron Haskin directed this just ridiculous movie with, with George Hamilton, and uh, you got to check it out. It's a riot. Suzanne Plachette still has that awesome voice, and this thing is just cheesy, cheesy, cheesy. It's brilliant. It's wonderful. Those are from WarnerArchives.com. Go to Warner Archive, no S, WarnerArchive.com. Get some. TVS. I will TVS. I will TVS only if you look in that pile and see that we do have some great stuff left to talk about. Oh, we do. Okay, fine. Yeah. Ellery Queen Mysteries. Uh, Ellery Queen was an NBC show. Uh, he is like a Sherlock Holmesy type detective, of course, in you know modern times. And uh, Ellery Queen was played by Jim Hutton, who was the father of Timothy Hutton. And uh, this show was uh, from the 70s, and it was uh, pretty good. They had some interesting guest stars, which you'll see here on this complete series set of Ellery Queen Mysteries. Uh, guest stars include George Burns, Ed McMahon, Sal Mineo, Vincent Price, Roddy McDowell. Nobody, nobody says 70s like Roddy McDowell. So Ellery Queen, you've never heard of him, but your parents have. Season one of The Cleveland Show, which I'm not a big fan of. I did sample this show a number of times, and I just uh, don't uh, think it's that funny. I don't either. Well, here's the thing is that you can tell that Seth I did Mc- like Ellery Queen, though. Yeah, of course you did. Uh, Seth MacFarlane is not a stupid man. So what he's doing is he is pulling the uh, lone African-American character from Family Guy. Young giving John him Hillerman. Huh? Uh, young John Hillerman in the Ellery oh, Queen Lord. mysteries. That's awesome. Uh, Sweet. <laughs> Um, uh, McFarlane took the African-American character from A Family Guy, gave him his own show. And Cesar Romero. That's right, the Joker. Yeah, and um, Price. He kind of uh, tones down the humor a little bit. Basically what McFarlane's doing, it's, it's crafty, but it's not that funny, is he is trying to uh, broaden the base. He's trying to broaden the fan base from, from the McFarlane factory. I used to read Ellery Queen. I know you did. Yeah. Uh, so he's basically giving us an African-American character, African-American family, and uh, but he's toning down the humor. It's not as it's not as sharp and satirical. So I don't really dig it, but a lot of people do. Season one on uh, DVD, not Blu-ray. And also, Donna Michi. Uh, all right, we well, don't. No one cares about yeah. Elric Queen. I mean, honestly. Um, all right, final season of Scrubs is finally on DVD. Uh, this includes some bloopers, deleted scenes, um, something called Live from the Golf Cart, which is hilarious. Rodopathy. Um, anyway, so this is a, this is when Scrubs went to ABC. You know, there was this, there, there was a kind of a blip in time when, uh, when when a show would get canceled on one network and then get picked up by another network. You know, that happened with the uh, six minute the uh, 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 Bionic Woman. Did it you know started that? on NBC. It started on ABC, ABC and, and then it went, went to, to NBC, NBC, which is after the Six Million Dollar Man got canceled, and they couldn't really sort of ride. They they figured, why keep the Bionic Woman if there's no Six Million Dollar Man? Went to NBC, and they introduced the dog, bionic the Bionic dog. dog, whose name was Steve Maximilian. You know why? He cost a million dollars. Yes. I remember that. So bad. That was Jeez. awesome. No, it's not. Uh, Anyway, uh, Scrubs are limping to a close uh, in its final season now on DVD. Also, we have uh, CSI. This is the 10th season, and it's uh, Lawrence Fishburne time. Now, Lawrence Fishburne, of course, was, was in The Matrix, and since he exited The Matrix, his face has gotten wider and wider. Now, if you saw Lawrence Fishburne in Predators, which Wade and I did see. Yes. Remember how gigantic Lawrence Fishburne looked in Predators? You know, his daughter's making a porn. Uh, you know about that? He's got family problems. Do- yes, really I, I, yes, I work at E. I know that. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> so tragic. Uh, it's, it's so funny. Yeah. Anyway, um, this show, you know, this is another show that after 10 seasons is limping along. Although, although, although Mark Helgenberger, stuck, uh, she's stuck it out, man. She's still on that show. There's a great PBS series from the uh, from 1982 called Middletown, which is finally out in a four-disc set. This is really, really awesome. Uh, you got to check this out. This is four discs, uh, six episodes, and the, the, on the last one, 17, actually won the grand jury prize at the uh, 1985 Sundance Film Festival. This is a series, uh, each one of these it kind of works into a more complete whole. So don't necessarily just think there's one great film on here and the others aren't. It's all, this is like the perfect snapshot of American middle class life. And it's not what you would think. This is not like some, 
you know, snapshot of red state America versus uh, blue state America or rural or suburban America versus urban America. This is just America. This is everything. And um, all of it located in Muncie, Indiana. And it's fascinating how that represents sort of quintessential Americana. It's really, really an awesome set of uh, – awesome piece of documentary filmmaking. It is based on the uh, studies of Robert and Helen Lind. And uh, the series was created by Peter Davis, and it's really, really impressive. You've got to check it out. It'll, um, it's worth watching. It'll just change your idea of what it means to be an American. Okay? You okay? Yes, I'm oh, okay. thinking about what it means to be an American. You know what it means? It means we're going to go to sleep when the show's done. Well, I'm going to sleep when the show's done. Yeah, I, I am too. We're tired. Totally tired. We're so tired. I'm old and tired. All right, so Rich Man, Poor Man. Rich Man, Poor Man. Gosh, uh, that was legendary in its day. Back in the day, yeah, that's true. A Rich Man, Poor Man, the complete collection. This is a, uh, a huge miniseries. It was like the first ever dramatic miniseries ever on American television. And uh, it was a huge, huge deal back in uh, 1977 and 78. So here we have all 31 episodes from books one and two of the classic 70s series. And it's based on the Irwin Shaw novel. And it's got all these great people from the 70s. Ladies and gentlemen, when you think of Bill Bixby, Susan Blakely, Robert Reed, and Ed Asner, and Peter Strauss, you're thinking the 70s. Oh, yeah. So Rich Man, Poor Man was a big, big deal. Very, uh, you know, very Fitzgerald-esque in its storytelling, but it's based on Irwin uh, Irwin Shaw. And Nick Nolte when he still actually had, like, stern, young, good features. Yes, I, I, he's, I, I he's think he's rugged looking and young in this, as opposed to being like a like an old sandbag. Well, the one thing that annoys me about Forty Eight Hours is how he just gruffed up his voice just a little too much, and okay. now it's stuck. And now it's stuck. And now it's stuck. Uh, a few other things here on the the British end of things: Midsummer Murders, set sixteen. We have talked about this endlessly. This is a lot like Law and Order, except set in the countryside of uh, of England. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, by this this one's on fumes too with Set Sixteen. It's a good series, but my gosh, how how long? How long has got to go on? For how long, Spock? For I don't how know. long? Uh, Lord Peter Whimsy Mysteries, starring Ian Carmichael. Lord Peter Whimsy. Yes, uh, as the Dorothy L. Sayers uh, sleuth. Hello, Governor. Yes. Lord Peter Whimsy. Exactly. These, these, this is from the early 70s. These things are long. Let me say these are long. They've been out before. They're out again. Murder Must Advertise, Five Red Herrings, The Nine Tailors. They're very good, but they are long. They're and they long were done in the 70s. And, and terrible. And, they're, and, the, and just the, the, the quality of the, uh, you know, the transfer is, is horrible. His name is Whimsy. I mean, how twee. Top Gear 13, 13th season of this amazing show, uh, which is the best car show on television. Heaps of fun and lots of really cool celebrities appear on this one. Uh, you just got to you got to get it if you just love really cool car shows. There's nothing else like it on American television or on anybody's television anywhere around the world. It rules. This is the 13th season of Top Gear. It gets better and better and better. And uh, then last on television, The Power of Myth with Bill Moyers. The uh, this is um, a Joseph Campbell thing that I'm fast getting really sick of. This is from Acorn's Athena line, and I just I can't handle any more Joseph Campbell. You know what did me in was the damn owl movie. Honestly, was it the same the legend, like the owl has is on a journey. The, the Legend to, uh, of the Guardians. I sat there and I just heard foretold the ancient ones and the guardians will come with the evil that trends, but blah, blah 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 blah. And then suddenly there are like bats that create some force field that zaps owls, gizzards, and uh, who knows. And then the movies like Lord of the Rings with feathers, and then it was over. And I, I just wanted to kill Joseph Campbell because all that crap comes from him. Anyway, uh, th- you know, look, if th- this may, if you have to get one of these endless uh, Joseph Campbell DVD collections, this is probably the one to get, uh, just because Bill Moyers makes it a little bit tolerable. But, gosh, I hate this stuff. Wait, Star Wars is the classic Joseph Campbell myth. Yeah, and it should have, it you know what, it really should have ended with Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, done. Please, no more. Please. No more mythical quest movies. I can't take any more. Just can't handle it. We're going to go into some foreign stuff here. Uh, Mark, bear with me. Louis Foyad's Fantomas, the complete saga. This is from Kino. Uh, Louis Foyad was sort of the father of uh, the serial, of doing, you know, serialized pulp movies. And uh, he was a genius of the silent era, and this is really incredible. Fantomas is really, really uh, amazing. This was done in 1913. 
color tinted. And uh, it's really, really very exciting. It's sort of the predecessor of the uh, Saturday morning matinees and cliffhangers. Really, really, really super cool. Like, uh, you know, sort of the predecessor to all of our comic book movies. It's really awesome. Got to check it out. Tons of special features. A couple of commentaries from uh, film historian David Kalat, whom I've spoken to on the phone a couple of times. And uh, some rare shorts. And uh, it's just awesome. You're going to love it. And then a great little film that was uh, part of the Colcoa French Film Festival a couple of years ago when uh, I was the jury president. This is a film from Emmanuel Moray called Shall We Kiss? Emmanuel Moray is a little bit like a cross between Woody Allen. You ever seen an Emmanuel Moray movie? Yeah, I've seen Shall We Kiss. Oh, you did see it? Yeah, it's I good. Am- oh, I didn't know you'd seen it. Uh, indeed I have. Well, you were, you were looking at me like, you'd never, like you had no idea what I was talking about. No, I'm waiting to go to sleep. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, well, no, it's, he's kind of like, he's sort of like Woody Allen, but then also a little bit like Jacques Tati. And his newer films are more like, his more recent films, a little bit more Tati-esque, but this one's a little more Woody Allen-esque. I, I thought this thing was delightful. It was fun. It's really charming. I mean, he's, he's, like a, he's one of those very, very understated sad sack uh, romantic leads, and the films are very clever. And uh, this, is, this is all about just the consequences of a kiss. And how there really are no kisses without consequences. And it's a very interesting structure because it's sort of a frame story and then a story within the story. And it's all done very, very nicely. So Virginie Ledoyen, who I also adore, is in this film. And uh, I really like Murray. I met him recently at, his, at Colcoa for his most recent film. He's so sweet. Don't name drop. You know, I was talking to uh, Obama the other day. Steve Obama? Steve Obama, exactly. Uh, Blu-ray of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo came out quite some time ago. They recently got it to us, and I have to say, watch it before the horrible American version uh, comes out, because the horrible American version is actually going to start... You haven't seen The Social Network yet, have you? Nope, not yet. The the girl who's in it, she's, you'll, she's in the very first scene. Uh, she's the one who's going to be playing the lead in this, in the American remake, uh, Fincher's... You know, he found her, basically, for, for The Social Network, and he's cast her in his version of this. I don't think he's going to beat this film. This this is, film is just too damn good. It's just too damn good. The original, the original uh, girl with the dragon tattoo will always stand. It is. It's a really it's, good film. It's really just an awesome film. I mean, really, if anyone's going to be, make it as dark as it should be, it's going to be Fincher. It's just, and this film made it like a hundred million dollars before it even came to the United States. Yeah, it's that's amazing. pretty impressive. Uh, Criterion has also given us a lovely 50th anniversary Blu-ray of Breathless. Godard's Breathless, uh, still an acquired taste. You know, not the uh, you know. Godard is look. The, is he? Do you think he's going to show up for his Oscar? His honorary Oscar? No, of course Oscar? not. They're saying he might. I'm not sure you want him to. I mean, what is, what I is he going to say? He's probably going to like stand up and reject it or something. I want him. To, I want him to send a letter. I want him to send an Indian. Wouldn't that be great? Shoshana Lo- Lowenfeather, whatever her name yeah, was, yeah, the Marlon yeah. Brando girl. Lowenfeather. <laughs> <laughs> what is she like? She's from. Uh, she's, she's from. The, she's the, marrying Seinfeld. What was she's from the, the, she's from the Shlomo tribe. Yeah. Yeah, the best gefilte fish. Uh, Featherstein. Fawn Featherstein. Anyway, uh, this is all the same stuff that was on the uh, the Breathless uh, DVD, but it's it's good. I, you know, I'm not going to say it's just brilliant because the movie was shot for about 18 bucks back in 1960. Uh, but the jazz score, the whole yeah, it's thing. changed it's everything. Just... New wave, right? Uh, Argentina stole an Academy Award this last year with The Secret in Their Eyes, which is basically, you know, the guy who directed it, Juan Jose Campanella, has directed a lot of Law & Order episodes, or at least a few. That's what and, I thought this was. Yeah, and this was just a Law & Order episode I in agree. Spanish. I agree. It really was, except for that with that allegedly amazing shot, which they just, you know, it's like it starts on the... It, what does it start up in the air and then it goes it goes down onto the field and then it's of a soccer field and then it goes wrapping around all I mean there are a lot blah, of cuts blah, in there blah. and I just you know enough with the gimmicky stuff already but this thing won an Academy Award because it was the only nominated foreign language film that sort of had hope in it but uh, really it's you know this guy is a former attorney and and uh, who used to be. You know, he there, there's an old rape and murder case that he just he can't get over, so he decides to try to figure out what really transpired all those years before. And of course, and of course, it turns out that you know by the time we get to the end, it gets a it gets about as unrealistic and melodramatic as you can possibly imagine. Oh my imagine. gosh! Oh my gosh! And I didn't care, and I don't remember how it ended anymore. And I don't care. I'm not going to tell you. What's that? Uh, oh. 
That was the trailer for Delicate Tots. Remember I, the trailer? Oh, that's brilliant. That's one of the greatest trailers ever. It is great. That really is. That may that just might be the greatest trailer ever. It, but is the trailer on the Blu-ray of Delicatessen? Um, it has to be. Yes. Yes, it is. Hooray! Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And that's worth the purchase, the purchase price alone. This is from the Studio Canal and uh, Lionsgate team up. You know, all these these films used they'd been previously released through other labels, and they are now releasing certain films uh, on Blu-ray. Uh, through their new collaboration. My brain is just not functioning right now. But anyway, Delicatessen on Blu-ray, very, very nice, not brilliant. i got to say, this alliance between Lionsgate and Studio Canal, they're not doing their best work for the films. No, in fact, there's a brand-new third man from Studio Canal. Yes. Which is not very good. No, it's... And, and the Criterion's out of print. The Criterion third man's out of print now. I know. So you it's, can't get that. So Studio no. Canal decided to fill that gap with their own and version. It's not very good. I, I, am, I have to say I am supremely disappointed by uh, the, uh, the way that they have gone about this. I think they're just blo- – they're taking – they're not remastering the stuff that they should be remastering. They're just taking whatever their previous masters are, putting them on Blu-ray, and trying to blow it out for more profit. So I, I, I'm almost inclined to say – you know, even though there's a good commentary on here with Jean-Pierre Genet and a few other interesting little, uh, little tidbits like the retrospective documentary – I, I, it's just it, you know. Stick with uh, some of the, the DVDs until you get a really good Blu-ray release of these. I agree. Uh, bear with me here, Mark. I'm almost done with this stuff. And I will, yeah. The Law, a Jules Dassin film with Gina Lola Brigida and Marcello Mastroianni and Yves Montand. This is a uh, this is a really cool French film on two discs from Oscilloscope, which kind of blows my mind a little bit because Oscilloscope doesn't usually release, you know, vintage classics like this. But somehow they got hold of this 1959 fabulous film, co-production between France and Italy, uh, with French director Jules Dassin pulling the strings. And this is really a very, very cool film. Uh, it's, you know, it, it's it's like about outcasts in a fishing village. And um, it it's a little bit controversial for certain reasons that I won't get into, but, um, you know, it's not really controversial today. It's not, you know, wouldn't arouse all the censorship issues that it did at the time, but really good performances, and uh, I I think you should check it out. Some interesting stuff on the second disc as far as the extras, uh, especially the uh, documentary from 2010, L'Ultima Osteria, which is uh, really quite good. So it's a lovely classic. Gina Lola Brigida, just that's all i got to say. And uh, what else we got here, Mark? We're ending the show. You look like you're uh, just you, ready to you, die. You tell me. What, what else do we have? I don't know. I don't know. We got... Oh, you know what? Here we go. Uh, let's do at least one animated title. This is a thing called a Titan Maximum. Oh, uh, God. No, do the other one. Do, do the do Blu-ray of the Superman thing. The Superman thing? Oh, okay. I Where like is this. It? I like, I, it wasn't bad. The Superman Batman Apocalypse thing? Yeah. You, you, you a fan of that? Not bad. All right. It's on Blu-ray and DVD. Now, in this uh, Superman Batman Apocalypse thing, what happens is this guy named Apocalypse and eh, beats everyone up. There you go. <laughs> now, no, you is- know what? There's, there's some good voice acting on it. Uh, uh, Kevin Conroy, uh, Tim Daly, Andre Brower, who's so dramatic and has lost so much gravitas in his voice. Summer Glaw. This is uh, it's good stuff. You know, it really is. And there's a whole bunch of, um, you know, sort of, you know, you know, cameo appearances by, you know, Batman and uh, by, uh, you know, uh, uh, Superman and Darkseid and Batman and Wonder Woman and Supergirl, all sort of good stuff. And also there's a uh, extra here, a showcase thing with Green Arrow, animated short. So they're trying to kind of uh, take some of the B players in the DC universe and give them their own thing. And uh, now it's Green Arrow's turn. So this thing, I like this thing. Bunch of special features. Including a uh, sneak peek at All Star Superman, the late the the, the the next DC Universe animated thing, and uh, you know what? I dig it. Groovy. And then lastly, uh, Titan Maximum. I'll just say this because this is from the guys who do Robot Chicken. This is kind of like uh, Ultraman done Robot Chicken style with you know a, a robot who has to save the Earth. Uh, it's it's fine. It's adequate. I th- it's it's nice to see them step into something a little different, but um, you know, not entirely my kind of thing. But you know, whatever. If, if, you, if you dig Robot Chicken, you'll totally dig this. And a lot of cool behind-the-scenes things in this as well, which is kind of nice. So with that, we are done. We will see you Thursday. Have, wait a second. We have a, a, oh, a, the giveaway. a giveaway. Wait, remind people 
the giveaway. We're giving away three copies of Soul Train. And three copies of the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 25th Anniversary Concert. And uh, just make sure that we get your email with either uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in the title or uh, Soul, Train. Soul Train in the title. Anytime on Wednesday or Thursday, our time, Pacific time. And uh, otherwise, we'll see you at stupidformovies.com, 8 o'clock, Thursday evening, live Pacific time. See you then. Mm-hmm.